Hey guys, welcome to episode five of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Combo. Oh, ooh, was that a beer? It's mid a, a beer. mid intro. I like it. I'm Mr. Combo number five, and my fellow host makes Liliana look like a Gap model to his Victoria's Secret allure, Big Tuck. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Hey. Uh, I'm okay, Mr. Combo. <laughs> Struggling? Yeah. For those who didn't hear, I was in San Jose seeing the Rolling Stones this weekend, so I'm running on about 40 beers and six hours of sleep. So I think that's the right like, beer to sleep like, ratio. Or it's like three hours uh, tonight, so it's okay, but I'm, I'm excited to be here. Good to be here as always. How are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm all right. You know, I'm getting prepped for, of course, you guys will hear this a month after we record mm-hmm. it, but I'm getting ready for uh, Magic Fest Vegas this week, and then uh, literally next week's Labor Day week, and I'm going to Lake of the Ozarks, yep. uh, and then literally the day after Labor Day, I head to Shanghai for a week and a half, so yeah. I'm just trying to get like <laughs> as much work done. I'm trying to get, done. yeah, 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 just trying to get my life in order. I hear it's you, man. It's, it's crazy. So school so. starts in a week or two, so that's going to suck for me. But yeah, well, hey, furthering education, yeah, here you are. work that work, mind. Work in that mind. So thanks for tuning into our podcast. And this was only able to happen by our awesome producer, Sweet McGee, Please. and his production company, Rich Chaos Records here in KC. Uh, Squee, what's going on, man? I'll just over the moon to be here, boys. Over the moon. Uh, also, speaking of Kansas City, it's back to being a gazillion degrees, and Mr. Combo has continued the trend of wearing pants for Huzzah! no reason. And don't worry, once it becomes winter and it's freezing, I'll switch to shorts. That's when you're going to switch it over. <laughs> <laughs> and then, guys, hey, we want to give a big shout-out to the music in this episode provided by Pink Royal. Of course, stay tuned till the end to get the details on how you can win a foil prismatic vista in this month's, which is September's, contest, even though we're doing this from the past or future. Yeah. I don't know I'm how from that works. The future. <laughs> <laughs> but hey guys, one more note before we kind of get into last week's games. Based on some feedback that we got from yep. a lot of the people on Twitter, Facebook, our own friend group, the powers that be, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to be splitting up the podcast into two different episodes a week. I know this whole time me and Big Tuck have kind of said, hey, we know that you guys have a billion things to yep. listen to. And, <laughs> and now uh, you have a billion and one. <laughs> now you got a billion and one. Uh, and, and really, it was just instead of having a 90 minute plus podcast that covers everything, seems like a lot of people would rather have the 20, 30 minutes that could be dedicated specifically to last week's games. because yeah. And then we maybe we could dive a little bit deeper into them because it's a little bit more fun. Yeah, totally. But then also take the stuff going on in the magic world uh, and be able to ha- spend a little bit more time on that. Like in last episode, we talked about different variations to kind of spice it up. We kind of had to breeze through that. Yeah. And afterwards, Big Tuck and I were like, you know what? Probably had a little we bit more to we say. We could have gone into that a little deeper too. Yeah. And, so, and like you're talking about with the timing of everything, this will make sure that we're putting out our thoughts on things relevant so you're not going to yeah. hear about them after they've already been talked to death through. But we are staying true to we're not going to do an hour plus Correct. on what's going on in the world because you guys are going to get that from everyone else. We're going to give you our very fleeting few thoughts yep. and be on the lookout for MTG Action 4 News because that's what the podcast is going to be called. <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, what we're going to do is dive into last week's games, which was pretty much just me, yep, Mr. Combo number five, I, Mikasa. I didn't play a single board game or video game or any sort of game this weekend. Well, it sounds like you played the game of Will My Liver Survive? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's still, it's still, Magic 8-Ball says yeah, undecided. Still, still don't know who the winner of that one is. But no, I, I we, t- we talked briefly, so I'm excited to hear about some yeah. of the happenings that happened yesterday. So uh, I got two games to talk about. So one was I was playing against a Kaikar deck. And our friend Davis's Boros deck. I don't even know what that commander's called. He he's pretty much trash. Jorkadine. Yeah, yeah, Jorkadine. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The metal, the metal craft. craft guy. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not good. But I was actually playing the Flip Nicol Bolas deck. Mm-hmm. It's 
pretty much my discard theme, Nicobolus Tribal. That seems to be very popular with everyone. Let me tell you what this Kaikar asshole did. Which uh, one's Kaikar? So Kaikar is the one where every time you cast a non-creature spell, you get a 1-1 spirit, and then you get sack spirits for oh, red mana. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the new, new Jeskai. Well, yeah. New-ish Jeskai. Uh, from this year. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it, it's funny. No, it's not. It makes me cry. So I was playing against Kaikar, and... This douche nozzle counterspelled and exiled my Utrava Hellkite, which if you're not familiar with Utrava Hellkite, it's a big boy dragon. Yep. And when you swing with them, actually, every anytime a dragon, dragon swings, attacks, yeah. you get another 4-4 four, or 5-5. 6-6. 6-6. Yeah. It just keeps it's a big, getting bigger. It's a big one. It's a big it's one. It's a big one. Yeah, he counterspelled it twice. First time was a mana drain. <laughs> uh, second time was a force of will. And then he ended up... he monster finally mana me, drain. Yeah. And then I finally did one of Nicol Bolas's The Planeswalker. Once he flipped, he has an ability, I think it's return from the graveyard to the battlefield. Yeah, that sounds about right. Something yeah. like that. And so I did that, so that way he couldn't counterspell it. <laughs> and then he just sorts to plowshare. Classic. Uh, uh, really, really, just did you, hand, was that, handicapping. Was he, that the only thing, the only gas that you had, or I mean, I had Nicobolus out. Um, I think I had the enchantment to where whenever an opponent discards a creature card, I get a zombie, and then whenever oh, the waste not, yeah, 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 yeah. So I had that in there, which was nice, but. He costs seven. So when you continually pay yeah. seven for a dragon, he becomes expensive. And if you can't <laughs> yes. see me, my hands are going bananas. Going crazy. Uh, and, but what ended up happening is because I was sinking so much mana into this, I was just getting chipped away little by little. I was at three life. I had actually ultimated Sarkin, so I had the four five five dragons. Yeah, yeah. With flying, and I was like, okay, now I got stuff at least to protect myself. <laughs> but then our friend Davis, good old Davis, played a funny instant card. X red instant. Destroy target artifact with converted mana cost X. And then that controller takes X damage. What? I was at three life, and he destroyed my chromatic lantern. Literally blew up a lantern, killed me, flat dead. Wow. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. And then I believe the Kaikar player ended up killing Davis off Perforos and making a billion yeah, spirits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, so. I figured that's how those decks would kind of shake out, is just value drain. I was so salty and upset... <laughs> But just at the situation, I wasn't mad at anyone. It was right. funny. It was a great game. But man, was I peed. Yeah, I bet. So. I, can, I, can, I can imagine. But that's hysterical. Yeah. Three times. Once, three times. Once, twice, three times a Hellkite. Yep. So. Just, he just would not let me have it. And the funny thing is that I only had Nicobolus out. It's not like I had three or four other mm. dragons where I was going to get all these extra right. dragon triggers. I was going to get maybe a dragon a turn. Yeah, right. Come on. Let, let, me, let, have me, let me have something. Once I've paid 21 mana, let me have yeah. it. At that, so, point, at that point, it is silly. To it be, is silly. To kill it is silly again, pants. Yeah. So uh, the next one, for the last one I'm going to talk about from last week's games, Big Tuck, I, I gave him a little preview of this, and he was so um, upset he wasn't there I, for yeah, it. Yeah, this, this sounds like something I really missed out on. So if you guys listened to the last episode, we talked about variants that we kind of do to spice up our EDH games, and one of them is what our friend Davis came up with, Half Chub. Half Chub. Literally, just take your <laughs> commander deck, you shuffle it up, Divide it in half. The one extra card on the top, if you only have one commander, that gets exiled. An opponent picks a pile, and that's the pile you play with. So we did this, but we also did random decks. Yeah, right. So, oh. I so did getting... you do that? Did you did you random and then half chub, or the other way around? So we randomed, then half, half chub. chub. Okay. 
So I ended up... How many up, people were played? Uh, so this was only a, a three, because okay. then we had another three. And the reason we did a half chub is it was probably 30 minutes before we usually call it quits. Okay. Yeah. And we just, we they were still, you know, doing, you know doing balls ED, deep doing in there. Doing EDH stuff, for sure. Uh, and so we said, okay, well, we don't really have time to play a full EDH game. And we wanted to play random decks. So we said, hey, let's just kind of do a half chub game. It'll go quick. Yes. So the, the two players that I was playing with, they didn't really want to play with their decks. So they basically did random out of mine. And sure. then I just got assigned Will's deck, which was Wart. Okay, and yeah. And if yeah. you're not familiar with Wart, it's four colorless Gruel Gruel. Create a couple Gruel goblins when it comes in, and then it's not retrace, but it, it, is they it have cons- conspire. Uh, conspire, which doubles. You can tap when you cast an instant or sorcery. You can tap for a her color it's sharing two, two uh, creatures that share a color. Yes, and then you get to copy that yes. spell. And so I played that. And let me tell you, I got uber, uber lucky. So I had all the mana doublers in my half of the half chub. <laughs> I want to say by turn five, I was producing somewhere around 80 mana. What? 70 mana. <laughs> yeah. I, I had the one enchantment that says whenever you tap a land, you add one extra. Yeah, yeah. And then I had... So I, that was Zendikar Resurgent. Right. And then I had the other one that just says whenever you tap a land, double the mana. So the way right, the trigger yeah. stacked is each land tapped for four. four. And so, you know, and I had like eight, nine, ten lands out. <laughs> and then I had something else that I think I had some, I had a Pyromancer's Goggles mm. as well. And so twice in that game, I casted the X uh, red, create this many 1-1 one, one Gobbos. Uh, it's like X one red red yeah maybe, yeah something mog like. swarm or something along those lines I yeah, don't know what yeah, about. Sounds, yeah, yeah that sounds mog familiar. infestation there we go yeah so ended up having that pyromancers goggled <laughs> and then I went ahead and conspired it and so the first time I did it I created like sixty some odd goblins. <laughs> Second time I did it, 108. Both <laughs> times I was like, well, I think I'm going to win unless you could do something. Yeah. Board wiped each time! No way! Yep. Like, fun board, like, did they just pyroclasm or was it? It was just like a just normal, yeah, just just normal board wipe. <laughs> yep. And then the, uh, I think someone was playing Ruik Thar and then, of course, just got yeah. domed to the head. Yep. So, yeah, sounds about right. Uh, but I'll tell you, that was my first time playing Wart. I definitely get why. It, usually when I think Gruel, I think big beat, yeah. beat hard. But man, that was fun. That's that one. I, my wart deck uh, is the same color, same thing, and it's Spellslinger. Yeah. So it's all X spells, and you Comet Storm for fifty three times, and it's all about copying spells and stuff. So yeah, I think it's it's a definitely uh, your Rurik Thor deck is one end of the creative spectrum, yes. and then the warts like the other. Mm-hmm. So, but like, question: Is there anything in the middle for Gruel? I don't think there is. So, I mean, like, not really. I mean, not, maybe, I guess that new Minotaur that's coming out Yeah, that's C19. Fi- that's fine, but there's one, the only one that I've seen that's kind of cool is, like, Werewolves, but they, that deck sucks. That deck is garbage. And then there's one There's one that is trample-focused, so mm. it's, I think it's a centaur, and creatures with trample get plus three, plus three, oh, but okay. it's, like, it's just a big beater. So I gotcha. There's not a lot. There's not a lot of options for creativity in that specific shard or, I gotcha. or block. You know what? Quick thought. Uh, an actual decent effect for a werewolf commander is once your commander turns into a werewolf, it should have the text that says your werewolves cannot Can be transformed tra- yeah, back to exactly. humans. That would make it actually viable. Wizards, I hope you're listening. Because there's actually a card. That's that not legendary. That, yeah. that says that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a waste. They they really they really dumped the bet on that one. Well, but hey, anyway. maybe they'll do better for Eldraine. That is fairy tale. That's true. Yes, so. definitely. So anyway, guys, 
Brews and Builds is our deck tech series. It's all about the decks that Big Tuck and I have in our Path to 32. Each podcast, we're going to talk about one of that Path to 32, but in a cool manner of brewing beers. So we kind of broke it down into four categories. The first one is ramp and kind of setting up your board state. That is grain bill. Yeah, and grains are the foundation of any beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of a beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. Awesome. And then the next one's going to be, how does your board interact with the rest of the board? Not necessarily to win the game, but just kind of stabilize so person left, right, and in front doesn't ramrod you. That's called the hop profile. And and hops give the beer its patented bitterness and its herbal and floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and can help distinguish subcategories of beer like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do what it wants. Awesome. And then the next one's going to be, how do you actually win the game? How does your deck close it out? And that's something we see EDH players struggle with all the time. So we want to talk about it, and we kind of correlate that to yeast. Yeah, and yeast are actual microorganisms that eat the sugar that's produced from the grain and then poop out alcohol and, and CO2. It adds the alcohol content and the carbonation to the beer. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. Uh, And without yeast cards in your deck, your deck couldn't win. It couldn't meet the goal of the game. Then we have shenanigans. Could be your pet cards or synergies in the deck that are just fun. You know, these are things that you may have an emotional attachment to because maybe that's how you got into magic. Or just because you're a degenerate jerk and it has nothing to do with your (laughs) deck. But hey, you like infinite combos. We call that the spice package. Uh, Not every beer has them, but spices and additives help turn a separate normal stock beer from a specialty beer. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout or the addition of hops that turn an IPA into a double or imperial IPA. Uh, Similarly, not every deck has something that makes it pop. But if it does, this is the place we talk about it. Awesome. And then to really cap it all off, we have our bottle capping. Now, this will be a little bit different because usually that's where Big Tuck and I kind of talk about what's going on in the world of Magic. Now that we're going to have MTG4 Action News, this is going to be a section we've had this whole time, our recommendations to the deck that we each kind of throw in that are under $5, under $50, and a personal recommendation that it has no budget. Every restriction is no lands because, let's be honest, every deck could use an Aberdual land. So, without further ado, let's get brewing. Big Tuck, what deck are we doing today? All right, so this week on the Path to 32, we're talking about Esper, which is black, blue, and white. And we thought that we could go through a deck that you've had great success with, and I've had actually a lot of recent great success with, which is my Zerd deck. Yep. But, before you think it's some sort of degenerate infinite combo doomsday machine i did a little twist on it so and and before you tell them the twist tell them the title of your yes deck, i was I, gonna say i think i think those savvy <laughs> listeners out there might be able to pick up maybe some sort of keyword that this deck might be <laughs> themed around so i call it zur cycling like lance armstrong so <laughs> similar to the steroided thing this thing can also get out of hand and run away with games so so in in uh the respect to lance armstrong is this deck also cheating by having cheaty faces in it <laughs> oh, oh that's, oh, that's Oh, there we well go. Uh, you, you figured it out. But this is so. This is a cycling deck. Uh, this was a deck that was posted on MTG Goldfish a long time ago as okay. well. And I kind of took that and, and kind of it's a sort of mashup. Zur himself is very strong. So just for those who don't know, uh, Zur the Enchanter is a legendary creature, human wizard, and for one colorless and Esper, which is white, blue, and black, you get a one-four flyer. Whenever Zer the Enchanter attacks, not deals damage or anything, just attacks, you may yep. search your library for an enchantment card with converted mana cost three or less, put it onto the battlefield. If you do, shuffle your library. So obviously there's a lot of ways you can build around that. So you can build this as Voltron or Stacks. 
and I have a few pieces of that in here, mostly things to protect sure. Zur, but it turns out that there's a lot of cards that really power into cycling that were printed in the Amonkhet block okay. that fit within that range. That's perfect. So we'll get into it a little bit more. When I built it, I the first couple times I played it, I got hated out really fast, and I well, thought yeah, it might have sucked. But I told them it's not, you know... But it's, yeah, I mean, anyone could be like, hey, enough. guys, I, I could go in with my Attraxa Planeswalker. Mm. Hey, guys, it's not Degenerate. It's just Attraxa. Fair point. Um, so what I, what I realized of playing it a couple weeks ago, like we talked about, um, I think the reason why this deck works when it gets running is because this is a double Imperial IPA. It's extremely hop strong. There's 27 cards in the hop category, which deal with almost every kind of permanent and every kind of threat that you can get to. And we'll get into it, but I noticed that once the deck got going, it really had an answer for everything. Mm -hmm. And good ways to interact and and ways to do it efficiently. So uh, the curve is 3.4. Which I think is great. And yeah, I agree. And it's also slightly over because a lot of the cycling cards, similar to the cards I had in my shitty partner deck the cycling cards usually are about one more over so there's a card called cast out which is just oblivion ring that has flash and you cycle it yep but it does the exact same thing for one mana more yeah and then you have a card in here called jehessen zombies for six right it has cycling for two exactly and that and a lot of those cards that look really expensive i'm never they're only there to cycle yeah um the one thing i looked at the color distribution and I wanted your thoughts on this. So I, it's a little off. It's a little blue under. Yep. And the one thing that this deck can kind of get stuck with is it can be a little slow because there's so many lands that are good and cycle. Mm-hmm. But every single one of them enters a battlefield tapped. Yeah. So sometimes it can happen where you get a where you get a full grip of these of lands. Tapped lands. And you're just you know that you're gonna be behind the and sure. again, it's in colors that don't really ramp super efficiently. Sure. So I identified a few cards that were somewhat budget that have multiple land types. Okay. So like the battle for Zendikar fetch lands sure. or the, the dual lands from there, the battle lands. And uh one of the cheaper shock lands. And sure. I was wondering, what do you think of cutting those? For all the bounce lands that are in the deck. You know, I, th- I think that would be a good direction to go. You know, I- I've always been a big fan of the bounce lands. Mm-hmm. Plus, the way your deck works, maybe early game you have to play your cycling yeah, lands. And, you and them, then you can, you can, you can get, get them back, back and then cycle them. So, instead of maybe, I think if you looked at the amount of money, you would probably sink into swapping out those four or five lands. You could probably just afford an Amulet of Vigor. Oh, sure. Yeah. Slam, yeah, 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 slam yeah, that yeah. in there. And that, that actually kind of, is, that is, yeah, that's really good. And I think that would just solve your problem. Plus, that card's versatile enough to where, because you have a billion decks, if ever at some point a new commander comes out that yeah. you're like, oh, God, this is so much better for cycling, Amy Vigor could probably go, go in any the, of yeah, your other decks. It would, but that would also follow those lands, right? Because they are mm-hmm. so important. So, yeah, no, that's that's a good point. But, yeah, so I think that's kind of the, the main way that this deck wins is really... It's really just a value train. Sure. So I'm, I'm kind of curious when you built the deck, and now granted, Tapped Out has a competitive meter, but I think we all sure. think it's a joke. Yeah. But your deck is a 75% competitive deck, 76%. Now that you've played it and you've started to see the success, would you agree with that? Because um, I, I would. I I think once once the deck gets going, it's extremely hard to stop. Yes. Once you get out a few cards that where you can cycle free or at a reduced cost, which mm-hmm. we'll get into, then it's really hard to stop. That's probably pretty close. Yeah. The price on it, too, uh, from TCG Player, the range is 141 to 158 Yeah. So I think that if you... There's 
there's certain there's probably cards you know if I put in a mana vault or something like that that gives you some huge sure boost early game where it really needs it then I'd probably I'd agree with that but especially if you can get Zer out before you get hated out sure and get some way to protect him then it's probably around 75%. But there are times where you can kind of stall out if, you, if you're just sure. not getting what you need. Well, and you know what? Personally, I think the way that you make sure you don't get hated out with this deck, if any of you guys decide you want to give it a shot and build it, is people aren't going to believe you when you show up in yeah. your LGS saying that this is just a cycling fun Zer deck. Cycle as much as you can in the beginning of the game mm-hmm. before you get out Zer, and people are going to be like, oh, oh yeah, this is just yeah, a trashy just, cycling he's deck. He's just drawing cards, and, yeah. And they're just going to they're gonna leave Zer alone. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I, think that, I think that's kind of the way that you almost want to approach it. It's, it's a bit of politicking, but you kind of have to show your quote-unquote grip hand strategy. Right. Yes, I'm just going to sit here and cycle, guys. Like, seriously, I'm just here to have fun and draw cards. Most people, I think, will ignore you and right, then go somewhere right. and else. Go, and go find because they don't want to waste there. the removal spells on a Zerg, which in theory is just going to help you cycle. Correct. Where yeah. they don't understand that massive hops package that you have to right, answer right. the threats. Definitely. So. so yeah, like I said, it's it's been it's been one of the funner decks I've been playing recently. So cool. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Well, well, let's dive into it. So let's start with the ramp and grain build. Yep. I'll kick it off. Yeah, with do. compulsion. Yeah, me too. Hey. hey. Yeah. So, Compulsion, it's a blue enchantment, one colorless and a blue. Uh, It has two effects. One is colorless blue, discard a card from your hand and draw a card. Second effect, colorless and a blue, sacrifice Compulsion, draw a card. So, I'm just curious, I'll give it to you first, why did you pick this card? Well, for me, this is just, this turns every card in the deck into a cycling card. For a colorless and a blue, you can always cycle it. You can go fetch it with Xur if you need to because it fits under the CMC cost. This is also a card that I think I found 10 of them or something in a a box and just thought it was cool and seemed like a very cool mechanic. This is one of the only decks that really works really well in. The other one being Moldrotha because it helps fuel stuff into the graveyard. In a pinch, it'll draw you a card. And again, this is one of those enchantments that... It's if you play it, it's gonna stay on the board probably. Yeah, no, 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 no one's really gonna target it. Correct. Honestly, seeing this card, it makes me kind of want to put it in my flashback deck. Yeah. That oh I'm yeah. Building. It's just like, yeah, let me just discard this and then flash it back for way more value. It's, that it's, seems great. It does suck that it it is color dependent and yep. two is not you know it's not a free discard outlet. Sure. But. It helps them through the deck. And it's a quarter. Expectations need to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I like it because it's either you rummage for a card mm-hmm. or if it does about, I don't think it's going to be targeted, but if there's a massive board wipe right. that targets the, or gets the enchantments too, you can at least sack itself for value, kind of like how Command Sphere does on an artifact side. Yeah, 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 totally. So yeah, I'm all for this card. You know, like you said, you can fetch it with Xur. I think it fits your theme well. The only thing that could bite you is you do have some cards in your deck that say if a card would enter your graveyard, if it wasn't cycled, it gets exiled. Yeah, so yeah. this would kind it would basically negate that, that effect. That one, sure. But granted, we're, we're talking very specific things. Mm-hmm. I think overall, if you can get this out turn two, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, I agree. What's All your right. what's your second one? So my second one is Curator of Mysteries. Oh yeah, the Sphinx. The Sphinx. The Sphinx. So it is a creature Sphinx, two colorless, blue, blue. Flying, cycling for blue, which is nice. And yep. you know what? I, I don't know if we even said what cycling is. Oh. Uh, for for the home game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? So, yeah, if, so if no one knows who this is. Uh yeah. It's so, 
a good mechanic. It's an older mechanic from a long time ago. There's a few cards that specifically lands that I think see a lot of play with cycling because they can kind of help through. Ash Baron's being one of them. Yep. But why don't you why don't you walk us through what it does? Yeah. So what cycling does is that it'll it could be on any card. Yeah. That's one of the other than a planeswalker. I think it's on every single card Correct. type. And basically what it does is it's cycling, and then it'll have some sort of cost. Now, it could be, like, in Curator Mysteries, it's a blue. Yep. Or, in a lot of them, you'll see it's two colorless. Yep. It's usually, usually it's either two colorless or one colored mana. Yep. That's usually the theme that they go through. And then what it says is, discard this card, draw a card. The great thing about cycling is that I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think it uses a stack. I think it's actually one of those abilities that gets around the stack. So it's not like cycling's on the stack yeah. and then someone has a chance to respond to it. I think you just cycle. I agree. And it can't be counterspelled. Yep. And it's at instant speed. Yep. So it's a weird, it's, I think this was one of those abilities similar to Shroud that when they built it, they didn't think about ramifications, especially for multiplayer or when cards get crazy big. People are worried about things like split second and how that fits into the stack. Sure, but I think I think you're right. I think it's a it's a static ability on any of these cards. Yep, absolutely. So basically, what this particular card does, Curator of Mysteries. Now that we've talked about cycling, is it says whenever you cycle or discard another card, scry one. Yep. I think that's a slam dunk. Yes, this is a 4-4 flyer, which it's decent protection. It's not going right. to be a beater. But the reason I picked this card is because you could cycle, potentially scry one before you draw that card, figure out if you need it, put yeah. it on the bottom, and it just kind of feeds into your top filtering mm-hmm. while still giving you that card advantage in hand. It's almost like a Sensei's Divining Top, but I think way better. Yeah, especially in this deck. And again, we'll talk about this later. When you can start cycling for free... Or for those reduced costs, that ability, you'll be able to go through four or five, six cards off the top and just figure out where your next nut draws are going to be. Oh, absolutely. Well, what was your second yeah, card? Yeah, my second one. Um, so this one's, this is an argument that could be a, it could be a hops card and it's Muddle the Mixture. So this is an oldie but a goodie. It's okay. out of the Ravnica block. It's two blue for an instant and you can either counter a target instant or sorcery spell or you can transmute it, which reads, for one colorless and two blue, discard this card, search the library for a card with the same converted mana cost as this card, reveal it, and put it into your hand, then shuffle your library, do this as a sorcery. So the reason why this is really important is because one of the key pieces of the deck is a card called Fluctuator, okay. which I think we might get into later, Yeah. but this is a surefire way that you can go tutor for that. If you can't get one of your other outs, with Zur, okay. this is something that you can get. Uh, and if you look at the converted mana cost, there's not a whole lot of other crazy cards in the two drop sure. realm, but there are some decent ones that can. There's all, some cards that have cycling stapled onto an ability that you would never really use. Um, you can go get a, you can go get an artifact if you need to ramp. It just kind of gives you another way to filter through your deck. Okay, and also can be used more uh, offensively as a hop. Countering instant or sorcery for two blue is, is pretty good with that ability stack. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I'm for it. <laughs> what, what's it with you in these weird mechanics that no one yeah, uses that, that are old as dirt? <laughs> uh, but, you know, I looking at that card, I, I think it works well. It lets you go get not a win con, but a way to basically feed your uh, strategy yeah, right, right. through and through. <clears throat> Now, granted, seeing that card actually makes me wish for C20, they do a transmute 
uh, uh, commander. That'd be freaking hilarious. Yeah. Come on, let's bring back all the garbage yeah. command mechanics. So, all yeah, right. that was a one block. That was a one block. Uh, one block mechanic for sure. So yep. that was my second one. What do you got? What do you got to wrap up so, on your? So your to wrap it up, I got sacred excavation. Yeah. So that's three colorless blue sorcery. Return up to two target cards with cycling from your graveyard to your hand. The reason I have this as one of my grains is because the great thing about cycling is it draws you cards, but potentially you may have uh, a board wipe in your hand that you have to cycle early yep, on to totally. draw a card. And you know what? That kind of sucks because you're yeah, losing you a board them, wipe sure, and you yeah. might need that. The great thing about Sacred Excavation, and I think it works as a grain because it does help kind of get you set up right. and stabilized, but I think this is a card that you use later in the game. Yeah. Almost to where you're doing your hops and yeast packages because then, oh, I can go get back that Acroma's Vengeance or right. I can go get back, you know, some other, you know, m- maybe the, the Muddle the Mixture mm-hmm. p- potentially. You know, any of that kind of stuff, you'll be able to go get it back. Heck, you might even go get back Jehessen Zombies. Right. So, yeah, it, I think it... Absolutely regrips you with potentially two of your best right. cycling cards because maybe you just had to use them earlier just to maybe right. get to that next lane. And worst case scenario, you might be able to pull back a couple lands as well if you need to use it earlier in the oh, game yeah. to, smooth out, to smooth that out too. But yeah, this I mean, I think there's one thing that is this is a sort of tangent. One thing that kind of sucks about playing to an archetype like cycling is that there's cards that are just good. Yeah. Right. This card, there's no reason for this card not to be in any cycling deck. Correct. It, it just works really well in it. But, um, I what's would, your, what's your, I would make the same argument for my third too. Oh, okay. There's a creature called undead gladiator. So <laughs> okay. similar to compulsion, this turns your entire library into cycling. So undead gladiators, a three, one zombie barbarian, which might as well just be blank, uh, for a colorless <laughs> and two black and for a colorless and one black discard a card. Return Undead Gladiator from your graveyard to your hand. Activate this ability only during your upkeep. Okay. And then as a cycling of a colorless and a black as well. So effectively, this turns this similar Four mana draw card. Yeah. <sighs> but it's two. But it's really two mana because you get to dis, you get to set up your cycling again within. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, I, so it's only the the draw value isn't what he's good for. It's the cycling is that you can always you always know that if you have two mana open, you can cycle again. Yeah, but see, so... This is also sort of a pet card. (laughs) Yeah, okay, okay, that's fair. So so my question, though, is that with the two discard a card, you're not going to get your cycling trigger off of that. You're just discarding a card to your graveyard, and then he comes back to your hand. So that's why I call it a four-mana draw, because you got to yeah. pay two to get him back and get rid of a card that you're not going to get to draw for. But there are some cards that say specifically Ooh. not... It says cycle or discard a card. And then you have that. Then you have that ability on the stack, which we'll get to as well. All I'm, right. I'm gonna look at your. I'm gonna look at your Sphinx. Yeah, because even the Sphinx says when you cycle or discard another card, Ooh. take that ability. Ooh. So again, it 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 it's not the most value yeah. friendly, and it's mana intensive to do. But again, sure. it's just about ina- being able to enable discarding, refilling your hand, seeing what's on top. Hey, that I want to poke holes, but granted, I play this deck, and it's. It, so much fun. It works. So, yeah, it's yeah. fun. But anyways, that's it. That's the end of my right. uh, my my green bow. Well, I think that's going to end the grain for us. Let's move over to hot profile and yep. big tuck. Kick it off. All right. So there's two. I I sort of cheated on this one, but and on the yeast <laughs> because there's two cards that both do the exact same thing. I, I think we might have picked the same two cards okay, for so the hop. Which one do you want to do? The new one or the old one on the three? Uh, let's go with the new one. Oh God, I'm scared. Okay, right. ready? Three, two, one. Impressive. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! Oh, that's a failure. <laughs> did you have? Wait, did 
Do you have either Astral Drift or Slide on yours? Nope. What? Nope. Oh, these are the like the best cards in the deck. Nope. You don't think so? Nope. All right, so for those playing the home game, I'll start with Astral Slide. It's two colorless and uh, white for an enchantment. So you can fetch it with Zer. Yep. Whenever a player cycles a card, a player, not necessarily you, anyone, you may remove target creature from the game. If you do, return that creature to play under its owner's control at end of turn. So it gets rid of blockers. Ast- no, but it also gets rid of attackers. Oh, okay. So Astral, Astral Drift does the same thing, um, except you can also cycle it for its mana cost. Okay. It can remove blockers, it can remove attackers, but you can also play it on your own stuff as well and get value out. Like, oh, I don't know, Sun Titan? Oh, sure. So you could cycle in Sun Titan every turn to get stuff back. Or another one... Granted, Sun Titan, you're already swinging and getting that effect too. Sure, but now you're getting it four times instead of... Or three times instead of two. (laughs) That's fair. And then the other one, uh, which is the only reason why this card's in here, so it might be on the chopping block at some point. Yeah. There's a card called Cloud Blazer, which is a human It's on my chopping block. Is it? Okay. So with Astral Slide... You can target it, yeah. gain two life, two. draw two. Yep. So that card, when I played it on the two Sundays ago, won me the game. Oh, Because whenever wow. anyone wanted to attack me, no. Like, I'm going <laughs> to get rid of it. No. So uh, Astral Slide was the base. Of, that that card was kind of like the workhorse of the deck uh, when it first came around. Okay. And then it's all kind of... it. The old cycling decks which used to play in Type 2 or whatever were built sure. around that. So, Well, I'm sure you were super excited when they printed out uh, or leaked uh, Astral Yeah, Drift. Oh, yeah. I, was I just, mean, it's just like slam dunk. Yeah, yeah dunk. exactly. I need it immediately. But anyways, those, those are my two first in the hot profile. So <laughs> I guess yours I'll start was, with Yeah, too. okay. So these are pet cards for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually, I think they're extremely underplayed. Wait, can I guess what the second one is? Oh, yeah, sure. Hold Go on. Ahead. Give me one. I, I just want to make sure if it's in there. Oh, it's in there. Is that, are we thinking the same thing? It begins with a D. Yeah, okay, ready? Three, one, two, two, one. Dark Steel, Dark Steel Mutation. Mutation. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, hey, and we, we it actually worked that time, opposed to this mishmash of us guessing yeah. on different cards. Oh, man, I was way off on the first <laughs> one. Okay, so. So, anyways, we got Imprison the Moon and Dark Steel Mutation. Imprison the Moon for the home team is two colorless blue, so it is fetchable with Xur. Yep. Enchantment Aura. Enchant creature land or planeswalker. Enchant a permanent with is a colorless land with add a colorless to your mana pool. And it loses all other card types and abilities. Darksteel mutation, one colorless white. Enchantment aura, enchant creature. Enchanted creature is an insect artifact creature with base power, toughness, zero, one, and has indestructible. And it loses all other types, uh, abilities, and creatures. So the reason I love both of these cards, and I think they're extremely underplayed, yeah. is what typically feeds commander in EDH games. It's typically your general. The, right. the, the general yep. is the one card that if you want to go off a card advantage mindset, you always have access to it. It doesn't matter what happens to it. What's well, one way that you can deal with someone's commander, make it something that they can't get yeah. rid of. <laughs> yes. It's just totally. that easy. And so... With both of these being able to be fetched with Xur, and it's when he attacks, before they can even declare blockers, oh, uh, well, potentially I'm going to get in that last point of damage on your Planeswalker. Mm-hmm. Or your, you know, I need to get an attack trigger, or I have to swing because you guys did something to me that's making me swing, and I don't really want Xur to be a combat commander to right. actually yep. deal damage. Hey, you know what? Let me just turn that one aerial blocker that you had that was going to kill my commander into a moon. And so that's the reason I really, really like this. It's fetchable with Xur. It shuts down your opponent's, 
shenanigans. And the funny thing is, especially in our play group, because I have some stuff like Gaia's Cradle, uh, it's, it, it gives uh, Big <laughs> Tuck a lot of giggles to the land, and, yeah. and Prism the Moon, my Gaia's Cradle, so no longer taps for 15 green, it now taps for a colorless. So do you know the trick with Xur too that makes these even better? Uh-uh. So I'm going to read the Oracle text for him, right? An aura put in onto the battlefield without being cast, which is how Xur sure. fetches it, doesn't target anything, so it can be attached to a oh, permanent with right. shroud or hexproof. Yep. So that's a way to get around your girls and your lightning greaves of the world. Oh so, man, yeah, that's, no, that's great. They're awesome. They're awesome control. Awesome way to to take out a big threat. Yep. Absolutely. So as as you what, what's your second one? So my second one, I'll talk about one I touched on briefly, which is cast out. So uh, like I said, this is a another white enchantment. It's three colorless and a white. So. It doesn't get through. It doesn't pass the Zer tax. Sure. It's got flash. When it enters the battlefield, exile target non-land permanent and opponent controls until cast out leaves the battlefield. Okay. And then you can cycle it for a white. Sure. So I don't know why, but there's something about this card that I really like, and I just can't put my finger on it. I think it's the artwork. It's I, very. I, it's very nice. It is. Yeah. It's a cool looking card, and I think there's also. I think when I was first building this deck, it was when cycling was kind of a sub-theme in Standard. Okay. So I played a couple pre-releases, and this just got wrecked. wrecked. Yeah. Four, four mana for removal gets anything and you, can, and you can cycle it so yep. I, again it's a work it's a workhorse not very and my other one my other hop one is a workhorse too so oh, okay anyways so, what, what's next on your well so on cast out do you think that's something considering it's high cost would you maybe be willing to do some research because I'm sure there's a three cost one out there that probably does the same thing there, there maybe is not at flash but you could at least tutor it with Zer. There, so there are there's like O-rings but they don't have cycling mm. so O-ring so, and uh, so you're willing to have the one extra in its casting cost just to have the cycling yes, is a secondary definitely because okay. i just want to i want to jam as many cycling cards as i can in here because that that really feeds into my yeast so my second card really feeds into the cards i just talked about before and this is something that i'm really big on is being able to really shut down people's commanders it's nevermore oh yeah i forgot i always forget i have this in <laughs> yeah. here this one is colorless. A dick, this is a dick card <laughs> oh i love it it's the biggest dick so it's one colorless white white enchantment when it enters the battlefield name a non-land card the name card can't be cast yep just, uh, let's just, just leave it there. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it could be something to wear. Swing with Zer. Uh-oh, this guy that has a Zakama has just enough mana, or if he hits yeah. his land this next turn, he's going to be playing this 7-drop and just wrecking everything. Right. Nevermore, Zakama. Hi. Yeah, see ya. So, yeah, I, I am all for this card. And some of my recommendation cards will make this card even better to where you shut down multiple of your opponents. So I'm all for it. It sounds like you're take it sounds like you're turning this from it's funny that you've mentioned all the cards that are just in normal Zerdex. <laughs> nothing has to do with cycling. <laughs> we'll get to my cycling stuff all eventually. Right, all right, all right. So what what's your last card so for this, hops? This one is really this is a total workhorse. It's called Forsake the Worldly. Okay. It's two colorless and a white. Mm -hmm. instant exile target artifact or enchantment and then you can cycle it for two done I, winner I, yeah i mean it's just good so it's funny too to see the power creep because i would gladly pay one more to be able to so disenchant to, to, so disenchant for yeah. example is does the same thing but it's destroyed sure right so dark steel forge adios any other giant thing, worm coil engine, you're not doing any more recursion stuff with that. Yep. And you can cycle it. So this deck I actually this card I actually put in a fair amount of decks when I don't have a return to dust or other kind of okay. artifact exile. I think it's kind of a sleeper. 
And again, if you're playing against something where you don't need it, you can always just bin it and go get something else. So. And I am noticing a theme, considering you said you built this right around when cycling was kind of a sub-theme and standard. You have a lot of Omnicade yeah. cards in here. Well, they, they, that's, <laughs> half the, that's half the card pool to pull from. And we were talking about this before we started. It's all the good cards that you get for cycling are in here, pretty much. Yeah. So there's, that's not fair. That, there's not that many to pull from. So I do have a cycling card to talk about. For my last hot profile, all right. it is Archfiend of Ifnir. Oh, yeah, this card's sweet. Oh, this card's <laughs> this amazing. This card's awesome. So it's three colorless black black creature demon five four flying. Uh, that, that's actually kind of relevant because if you need to, you could beat a little face yeah, with totally. them. Cycling for two colorless. Here's the big thing though. Whenever you cycle or discard another card, which I guess kind of feeds into what we were just talking about, that discard theme yeah, where you huge. don't necessarily have to cycle, you get to put a negative one negative one counter. Not until end of turn counter on each creature your opponent's control. And the great thing about cycling. Or discarding cards, you can usually do that at instant speed. Yep. So, oh, are you sure you want to swing at yeah. me? Do you want to lose your board? With all oh, those, oh, with oh, those you, 500 you goblins? Sure. Yeah. L- l- let me go ahead and just go ahead and, uh, you know, cycle three, four times. Put three, four, negative four, uh, negative yep. one, negative one counters on everything. And probably board wipe you. And it's one-sided because it says your opponents. opponents. Yeah. This is great. No, it's awesome. And this card, again, uh, is one I really like and got wrecked at during pre-release. Because yeah. then that one, there's so many commons and uncommons in this set that we're cycling. So you're going to have a million triggers. But also a 5-4 flyer for five. Is nutso in yeah. uh, in the limited build. Oh so, yeah, yeah this sure. card, that card's awesome. It does does a lot of work. And I like the fact that like we kind of like I kind of talked about earlier with my uh, w- one of my grain cards, yeah. the sacred excavation. Say if this is in your opening hand, and it's like, oh, okay, I'll keep it. Maybe I ramp out, and then maybe it's turn three or four, and it's like, you know what? I need that land drop. I'll cycle it out, and then Sacred Excavation get it back later. Yeah, exactly. That's a slam dunk in my book. It's awesome. I'm glad glad you picked it up. Yeah, yeah. So the next category is going to be yeast, and I'm going to kick this one off with a card called Diplomatic Immunity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so once again, this, this is a Zerg card. This, this is another, it's another staple <laughs> Zerg card. Cycling, yeah. But you know, it's I really, so good. I, I think to be honest, I think your deck almost has to function like a Zerg deck to make cycling work because so many of the good cycling cards are enchantments. Yes, and you pretty much and need Zerg to go fetch them for the right opportunity at that moment. Yeah, and the two two that I'm going to talk about are well, that's. They kind play of that. right into okay. that. Okay. Yeah. So Diplomatic Immunity for everyone else. One colorless blue enchant creature. Enchanted creature can't be the target of spells or abilities. And Diplomatic Immunity has uh, can't be the target of spells or abilities either. Basically, your creature has Shroud and the enchantment yep. itself has Shroud. The reason I'm a big fan of that, because literally this happened to me this last week. I was playing against someone's Carador deck, as someone as in me, <laughs> and I let someone borrow it. And they did the Micaeus Woodfall Primus combo. Oh, yeah. And just destroyed all the non, non-lands, right? Non-creature. Or, yeah, non-creature, or, yeah, yeah. And so they ended up getting rid of my Lightning Greaves, which kind of sucked. And that kind of is the only thing protecting my commander. And then he was able to target it with something else and get rid of it. Right. And so this is a way to get around that. Even if they have that targeted removal, it's basically like, hey, buddy, you got a board wiper bust if yep. you want to get rid of this. And I think with Zer and what your cycling is going to do, once Diplomatic Immunity hits Zer, which you can fetch with Zer, yep. no one's going to waste a removal spell on that because it's just like, ugh, all right, yeah. go get your cycling and, garbage. And, and it doesn't even change it, right? Because you can waste, you have to burn a removal spell. Twice. Twice, yeah, exactly. And I don't think anyone's going to do that. Nope. Normally, unless it's a, they have an Acroma's Vengeance or something, a board wipe either gets a creature or the or the 
uh, enchantment. So yeah, it's gonna stay, and that's also it's just a Zer staple. It's yeah, in, and it's in ninety nine percent. And Zer honestly, decks. seeing this deck, I may put it in my mono blue steel stuff deck and throw it on my commander because yeah. a lot of times people don't want me to, and we'll probably do a deck tech on that for a mono blue. Yeah, so we won't get too into it, but usually that. Commander gets targeted a oh, lot. Oh, yeah, all the time. And so this would be a great card for that. It's like, okay, do you really want to burn two spells? And I have a lot of counter spells in that deck. Right. So it's like, well, I'm going to make you burn three or four or five if you just, really want to get just rid of it. Get rid you want this yeah. one thing because you want to get your one creature back. So, yeah, yeah I like it. Totally. No, that's, and like like you said, it's a it's a staple in Xur. So yep. for my first one, I went with the, the one of the biggest payoff cards in the deck. It's a blue enchantment called New Perspectives. Okay. So five colorless and a blue. When it enters the battlefield, draw three cards. As long as you have seven or more cards in hand, you may pay zero, then pay cycling costs. So this is an engine and a half. And that's why <laughs> that's what this is like one of the really big payoffs cards that'll go into the next two. There's uh, bits and pieces of a combo that was in standard, which would win constantly. Well, was based on this of just cycling through your deck, being able to find a card, cast it. And once you're able to cycle for free, that frees up all your mana to do whatever else you want, which we can sure. get into my next two. Drawing three cards for six kind of sucks, but the problem with cycle is it's only pseudo card card yeah. advantage, right? Because even if you you're have always six, saying a card parity in hand, yeah, exactly. If it's really hard to break through that seven, and that's where cards like we talked about with the compulsion. If you need to bend a compulsion just to get that one more card back up to your hand, that's where that gets into work. So, okay. like I said, this is this is like a a feeder into my next few ones. Oh, yeah. And I think I could probably guess what one of those next okay. few ones are because I know that you said you love it in this deck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so my next one is probably one of the ones that you picked, Drakehaven. Yeah. Okay, yep, so yep. I, I went with, I, I chose both Drakehaven and Faith of the Devoted. Oh, okay. I figured you went with Approach. Oh, well. You know. Well, things. I mean, I I might have cheated and, and talked about four in this one, too. Oh, so. God. Okay, well, I'll start with yeah, Drake you Haven. Start with Drake Haven. G- give you guys a little insight to that. So, Drake Haven is two colorless blue enchantment, so it is fetchable with Zur. Yep. Whenever you cycle or discard a card, once again, I'm wrong. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Clearly, that undead gladiator is a good card in the deck. <laughs> so, you may pay one colorless. If you do, create a 2-2 blue Drake creature token with flying. The one time I played your deck... And I had Drake Haven out. I think very easily without trying, I had 10 yeah. flying Drakes. Yep. And that's just <laughs> absurd. And the great thing is that when you see this card hit the battlefield, unless you've played this deck a few times, initially it's like, oh, well, you're probably going to get like, what, two, two yeah. twos on each right. of your turns? I'm not going to burn a removal on that yet. It's not really a big threat. And they're only two twos. Right. And you don't have man or uh, creature doublers or mm-hmm. things like that in here. So I'm going to let it fly. You should never let this card fly. <laughs> if you see a Zer cycling deck, it wrecks. Yeah, and and uh, Faith of Devoted does the same thing, just in a different fashion. So it's two colors and a black. When you cycle or discard a card, you may pay one. If you do, each opponent loses two life and gains two life. Yep. I think the Drake one is probably better because yeah. it gives you more. It gives you more steady attacking and mm-hmm. defending power throughout the thing. But if you're playing against decks that are really big and flying creatures or have ways to wipe flying creatures sure. and that sort of stuff, or if you don't think you're going to be able to get through, the Faith of Devoted also gives you a way to get that damage down, use those cycling abilities, yeah. uh, and also gain life as well. So if you're, no. getting, if you're getting dinged a few times, if you cycle once a round, that's eight life and sure. you gain eight. 
So a 16 life swing in a turn is pretty good. So yeah, they, yeah, like absolutely. I said, they both feed into the new perspectives, the cycling, the cycling rigmarole that we're going for. Yeah, absolutely. And then Big Tuck already hit on my last one for yeast earlier, Wait. fluctuator. Oh, oh, okay. You did fluctuator. Okay. Yep. Sorry. I thought you, I thought you were going to do the other one. We'll nope, get into nope. it. Okay. Nope. Nope. I, I saw the other one and honestly, I get why you like it. And I don't know. I know you're going to talk about it, but <laughs> I just have not seen it ever work. Period. So therefore, I don't want to talk about it. But I will lightly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to talk. I don't about want to talk about it. So I will briefly hit on fluctuator because yeah. Big Tuck already did talk about it. It's two colorless artifact, and it is a rare, rare, <laughs> rare. So cycling costs you up to two less to play. Kind of like how Big Tuck had mentioned, most cyclings are two colorless. Yeah. Now, granted, you will have the sum where it's one color or color and two colorless, which then it turns into one color. So. It basically allows him to potentially cycle for free very much. How New Perspectives does it as well. But, you know, it, the the one thing that I like is, like he talked about earlier, you can transmute for it. But also, because I know Big Tuck's not big into the combo stuff, he doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of ways to tutor for it. Yeah, So right. it's pretty much just, I got to cycle through. I got to find it right. if I'm even going to make this thing happen. So it's a fair way to play cycling, even if he does get yeah. it and then he goes off. Well, hey, that was just luck of the draw. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think similar, Drakehaven and Faith the Devoted are both redundant effects, right? Yep. So if you lose one, you can get the other one. Sure. Um, same thing with this, right? New perspective. If you can get Fluctuator out earlier, it's a little better. I think New yep. Perspectives helps close the game out a little bit more because sure. there is so many different colors. But yeah, this is, again, if you're making a cycling deck, specifically a cycling Zer deck, you need to have Fluctuator in it. It sucks. You're just going to have to eat yeah. $8. <laughs> so uh, the last one for me, uh, Mr. Combo already talked on it. So it's approach to the second garbage. Sun. It's so great. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's it's one of my pet cards. I think I have it in four decks. God, I, tr- I tried it so hard in so many decks, and like I cast it once and potentially never see. And it then again. everyone just kills you because they yeah. know what's going on. So <laughs> it's six colorless and a white. It very approached, expensive. Yes, it's very expensive. Approach to the second sun was cast from your hand, and you've cast another spell named Approach to the Second Sun. This game, you win the game. Otherwise, put Approach of the Second Sun onto its owner's library, seventh from the top, and you gain seven life. So the gimmick, though, and this, it's harder to do. I know the gimmick. It's harder to do in here, but you cast this, and then you just cycle a bunch of cards and cast it again. But I don't think you're ever just going to have 14 mana. It will will never happen. It's never happened in the same turn. (laughs) But I've gotten very close, and then someone comboed off right before I was able to get to it. But... There's a couple of cards in here that when you cycle them, it lets you untap certain things. Mm-hmm. So there, that was a gimmick. Is like you can you get new perspectives out to make everything cheaper. Sure, and then you just cycle through untapping specific mana rocks and some function and be able to do this twice. Hey, you know what? So this, this so, fits perfect with your playstyle because you are all for expensive combos. Correct. And if you wanted this to go off, potentially you're spending fourteen to twenty one mana in a turn hey, to potentially just, win. And hey, I feel like if anyone pays twenty one mana in a game to win that they, turn, big touch okay with it. it. Yeah, they and earned I, and it. Of all the decks I play, this is the one that has the most straightforward way of actually being able to cast it, Okay, which is being able to tuck it, cycle seven, and go again. So yep. I just want to bring it up here, but you will be hearing about this later. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, That's move it on over house, yeah? to okay. uh, Spice Package. I'll let you start this one off. Yes. So I actually went with Trade Routes, Oh, okay. which is a colorless and a blue. It's an enchantment, so you can go get it with Xur. And then for one colorless, return target land you control to its owner's hand. And then for one, another colorless, you can discard a land card and draw a card. This card did 
work with me when I played it in one. Really? Yeah, because I kept top decking lands that didn't cycle, oh. and I need something else, right? Yeah. So that's the thing. And then the other problem was I burned a bunch of removal and couldn't get up to my new perspective's grip, mm-hmm. and being able to bounce like tap, float some mana, bounce the land back to the hand, and then being able to cycle those and go from there, it actually worked really well. Okay. So it's a, it's a little clunky, right? Yeah. But it's... I hey, think, it's in the spice package, so it's supposed to be clunky. Yeah, exactly. It's clunky. Like, I think this is probably one of the only decks where, again, I've tried this before because I think it's a cool card and it's never really paid in. But seeing it actually work and actually help me win the game by mm-hmm. being able to keep my new perspectives mana up was really awesome. And again, I don't think I have this in any other deck, so I just want to bring a little light, give okay. a little love to trade routes. So this is not... I, I I want to just mention one card and ask you why you don't... I, I think I know why you have it in here, because you can fetch it with Zur, but I think there's a better card that you can't fetch with Zur, but I think it would just fit this deck amazing, and I'm curious why, if you would maybe consider replacing it. But this isn't the card that I picked. Necropotence for Bolas of Citadel. Uh, I know it's not fetchable, but man, just being able to pay some life to get these cycling stuff... You know, yeah, that maybe, seems really good. Maybe I, I just like Necropone's being able to be fetchable is so great. Sure, and it's it can come down really early. And then I, well, uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's yeah. hard. It's a hard. That's a, that's a hard one. Because see, the only thing I was about to say with Necropotent is like, well, I guess there's there's stuff on top of your library you don't want. You can get rid of it, but you don't really have a way to know that because you have to exile it face but, down. And well, and then the other trick too is it's also a su- pseudo nombo sometimes because when you discard a card, you exile it. Oh yeah. So it's kind of. It's pretty situational, so I would be potentially open to that. Uh, I just like I just like Necro because it's Zur can get it. Sure, right? sure, that's and, fair. And if you're like I have a full grip and I'm, or if I'm running out of cards and I know that I'm going to be running out all these answers, yeah. then just being able to have this as a way to get more into your hand. That's so fair. I I could see it go either way. I don't, okay. I don't really have a good answer for that. Okay. And also when I built this, Bull Citadel didn't exist. So. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. So the one I actually picked is a instant. It's black. It's Shadow of the Grave. Oh yeah. Another another standby for this. Yeah. Deck. <laughs> so it's one colorless black. You've probably never heard of it because why would you? Right. It says, return to your hand all cards in your graveyard that you cycled or discarded this turn. I love it because if you do get that engine to where you're cycling, you're cycling, you're cycling, you run out of cycling cards, and it's like, I still don't have what I need. Let me just pay two mana, get all those cycling cards back, and cycle, 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 cycle. cycle. Uh, I think it just, it's great. The only thing that sucks in this one is I don't know if I have a way to get it back. Sure. So that's. But you know what? That's fine because I think sometimes people play. The uh, the the green uh, sorcery that we talked about for me, and of course I'm drawing a blank on it. Where I get to return a green card from my uh, oh graveyard. revive yeah revive. I can only use revive once. Yeah, it's a fair point. You know. Yeah, uh, totally. So, you know, I think it's okay to sometimes have cards that's just, you know what, you get the one shot. It's just you have to be right. smart when you do that one shot. And that shot. was that was a big part of the combo when you had four of them because you were able to draw oh. and cycle through and be able to just keep that engine going. That's fair. And I didn't talk about it just because I know it's in every single cycling deck. But, again, that is a card that you will literally only see in this deck for sure. <laughs> well, hey, I think, one. I think that's everything <clears throat> we have for the spice package. So now we're going to migrate over to the bottle cafe, which, you know, just to remind you, that is the recommendations that me and Big Tuck are going to give for this deck. We're each going to do one for under $5, under $50, and just a personal recommendation. No dollar limit, just can't be a land. So Big Tuck, what's your under $5 card that you want to add, and what would you cut? Okay, so the one I want to add is another card that cycles if you can figure if you can figure that one out which is called shoreline ranger so this card's really strange and they just recently reprinted it it's five colorless and a blue for a three four flying bird soldier but 
as island cycling for two. So okay. instead of discarding this card and drawing a card, you go get an island. Oh, that's nice. And there's one. There's also one that does swamps, but I looked at my subtypes, and I have more subtype dual land, whatever you want to call that okay. are islands. And I would also be putting more in. So I would be cutting that out. I was kind of struggling on this, but I really wanted to look into ones that were not necessarily fitting the theme of the deck. So I went with Wall of Denial. Okay. So Wall of Denial is a colorless, a blue, and a white for an 08 Defender, Flying, and Shroud. The reason why I put this in here originally is because it's just a blocker. Sure. So someone's going to try to attack you at some point. Yep. You're just going to block them with this. They also can't get rid of it because it has Shroud. But outside of that, it doesn't really fit the theme of the deck. Yeah, and I it's, agree. And it's not it's not very it's just not very exciting. You know what? I mean, for me though, it's hard to turn out a zero eight with flying and yeah. shroud for three. I, I think that's very good. But one of the things that you did kind of open up with is that the way that you have this deck set up, yes, it's a cycling deck, but you have a lot of answers in your hops package right. which you can get with Zer. So normally where I would think, okay, you kind of need that wall of denial to help board stabilize and make sure that you don't get swung at. I think you could pretty much do that with Zert. Now, granted, Zert is only once every go-around. Right. Wall of Denial could potentially block three different attackers during one go-around. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm up 50-50. If I, so. And if I had, I think if I had more Planeswalkers, which I have none of. Sure. If I had more Planeswalkers or had things that mattered outside of just losing life when they attacked them, then I think it would be a little more valuable. But Have you thought about putting Aminatu in here? Uh, I did, but she's in my curse. I put her in the curse one instead. Oh, okay. okay yeah, fair. So I thought. I thought about. I did think about that because because that would be pretty interesting if you, you ever can, got up to her ultimate and then yeah. you're like, all right, left. Yeah, and then you, 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 you get everyone this garbage cycling stuff that they can't use, and you get all the good stuff. I like uh, that'd be pretty funny. I would. I do like Automatu a lot. But anyways, what what was your first cut? So my first, first cut. The, I already talked about it. Was Cloud Blazer. Okay. So for for everyone that doesn't know what Cloud Blazer is, it's three colors white blue creature human scout flying 2-2 when it ETBs gain two life draw two cards I get it it can be good and you yeah. talked about potentially using your other cards to bounce it and you know like astral slide and then you get to draw two gain two again I think that's just extremely linear and you have to have that perfect score yeah I agree so, and there's it, no there's no way to get this there's no way to get Claude Blazer Exactly. It's not even physically possible. I have a card I'm surprised you don't have in here, because I guarantee you have one laying around. Chasm Skulker. Oh, sure. So yeah. Chasm Skulker for, for the, the home team, two colorless blue, creature squid horror. It's a rare. Do I and have And it of came those? out in Commander 2016. So I'm sure you bought the decks. I know I have. I might have those in other decks. I know I have that in Marchesa and Nekuzar. Well, honestly, I think it's, it works it's, better in this deck than Marchesa, even yeah. though Marchesa can get it's it back. But to counters. kind of read you guys what it does, whenever you draw a card, put a plus one, plus one counter on Chasm Skulker. Well, what does a freaking cycling deck do? Yeah. You're probably drawing, even if it's card parity, you're drawing probably four or five cards every right, go right, around. Right, yeah. So now it has five plus one, plus one counters potentially every go around. But the big thing is it says when Chasm Skulker dies, create X one, one blue squid creature tokens with Island Walk, where X is the number of plus one, plus one counters on Chasm Skulker. And Island Walk, if you're not for sure what that is, basically says that those creatures can't be blocked if the defending player controls an island. The reason I think this is a slam dunk in this deck over Cloud Blazer because it actually closes the game it out. It actually closes the game out. <laughs> and I think it's one of those cards that once it gets too big, people are scared to target remove it. Right. It doesn't have evasion. It doesn't have trample. But it could be one of those cards that's like, God, do I really want to board wipe? It has 25 counters on it. And he's going to get 25 one ones. 
if you know I what? kill it. And that actually plays into there's another card in here that usually is reserved for Zur to make him unblockable. Oh, there and you it's go. A, it's a three drop enchantment too. So think about that. You play, you get Chasm Skulker up to massive, get Zur out. Go fetch it, and then this guy's just swinging in for sixteen fifty. And, I, and I believe the way that you could stack that is you swing with both. Zer trigger happens before declare blockers. Correct. You immediately make Chasm Skulker unblockable, and then you just potentially one shot someone out of nowhere because they were scared to board wipe yeah. to give you twenty thirty. No, that's this that's a really good that's a really good cut. I and like that a it's lot. at four dollars and sixty cents. Yeah, so it's so, right there. So it's it's a good range. Yeah, my Shoreline Ranger, I think was like I didn't say it. I think it's like a dollar. I think it's like forty cents. Oh, okay, okay. It's a uh, common. So I, I mentioned this to Big Tuck before we started the cast that I had a lot of problems trying to find actual expensive <laughs> cards. cards for this deck. I probably searched uh, the, the interwebs for hours upon hours till my eyes just cried blood and I just couldn't find anything. So I'm curious, did you even find something relatively close to $50? I did. I will talk about the one, the most expensive one that I had as the last one. Oh, okay. So the one for this though, uh, it was cutting out Thassa, God of the Sea. Really? I don't think this is the right deck for it. Okay. Because again, it doesn't cycle. So oh, anyway, so two colorless and a blue. For a 5-5 indestructible legendary enchantment creature god, which means you can go get it with Xur. Um, as long as your devotion to blue is less than 5, that's as a creature. And then we have your upkeep, scry 1. That feeds into cycling yep. right there. I know. And then you can also make a creature unblockable. Feeds it into Xur. Yeah. So, and we just talked about making Chasm Skulker unblockable. Actually, that totally fits your actually, thing. Actually, no, I'm going to cut that. I, I take that back. I'm going to cut... Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, what's it called? Cloud Blazer. <laughs> <laughs> Cloud Blazer right. is just uh, getting the cut. Uh, adios. So instead, I'm getting one, another one from the Amonkhet block. <laughs> of course you are. Uh, Vizier of Tumbling Sand. Okay. So this is a creature that doesn't really matter. It's a creature, two colorless and a blue for a 1-3 human cleric. Okay. Tap to untap another target permanent. Which is, again, when you're trying to get the sure. cycling train going, getting more drakes, all that stuff every turn, it's fine with your Gilded Lotus and your Signets. Cycling for a Colos and a Blue, okay. then when you cycle it, you untap a target permanent. Okay. So again, it's just a way to get more mana. It's a way to feed back into being able to blast people in the face with more drakes, that sort of thing. I think this card does better than Cloudbrazer because it also sort of ramps you. To your point... You don't really need much more help with card draw. It's yeah. nice, but you get to this point where you have seven cards in hand. You just keep cycling, 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 and having two more won't even matter. Okay. So yeah, I would probably cut. I'd probably leave Thassa in because I think Thassa is actually really good. <laughs> I forgot the last. After word. hearing the argument, yeah. yep, I think it's good. Yeah. So that that was my under fifty. What did you pull deep for this one? <laughs> so this one was a little hard for me. So the one I said to cut is Migratory Route. Okay. Three colorless, white, blue, sorcery. Create four one one white bird creature tokens with flying. I probably would guess you've never done that unless it's really, really late game. Its big thing is basic land cycling. Yeah. So you can discard it and go get a basic land, put it into your hand. This one is hard for me to say to cut that, but I think this card is better. Even though it's a Xur staple, I think it'll actually become a cycling staple. It is called Copy Enchantment. Oh, yeah. So it's two colorless blue. Enchantment. As copy enchantment comes into play, you may yeah. choose an enchantment in play. If you do, copy enchantment becomes into play as a copy of that enchantment. Comes in right at about twelve bucks. Yeah. The reason I picked this opposed to the uh, oh, what what is that called? Estrid Invocation. Yeah. Which, if yeah. you're familiar with that one, it's a very similar card, but you can only copy enchantments you have. But then at the beginning of your upkeep, you can you have can, that enchantment become something around, else. Yeah. 
The reason I picked this one is you can have it become a copy of your opponent's mm -hmm. enchantments. And I think that's great. That gives you versatility outside of your own deck in case someone plays something broken like an omniscience. Okay, right. well, I'll get my own yeah, omniscience. All right, fine. I'll just and, and then I'll just <laughs> go ham. I'll, I'll just go crazy with it. So I think that's a great thing with it. The other thing I really like about it is that it is fetchable with Xur. Yep. So I think it fits well there. But when you look at your deck, and I'm going to go ahead and sort here real quick by the enchantments. You know what? Do you need a extra astral slide? Get two triggers. That's oh, kind of sure. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, do you need an extra aura of silence where now your opponent's artifacts and enchantments cost four? That's pretty good. And you know what? Technically, Drakehaven, he talked about. He talked about the faith of the, of, right. of the devoted. But... If you look at it, you can only pay the one once. It's not like you could pay as many times as you can. Well, if you have two copies of it, now I can pay two oh, mana pay two. before yeah, that yeah. one cycling. So if I only have one cycling card potentially in hand or two, I can just you go and spend that yeah, extra yeah, mana yeah. and you get... I think it's going to give you a ton of flexibility with the deck. And the one I even pointed out was Fear of Safety. Mm -hmm. Four colorless white get, creatures oh. <laughs> can't attack your planeswalkers unless they pay X for each enchantment you control. Let's get two of them. And that just double stacks. Yeah. So I think, you know what, and at $12, it's really not yeah, it's that like budget It's not going to bust the bank. And I, don't, I, I think it's great. I agree. I would probably try to find something besides Magatory Route because, again, that, that helps you sort sure. of ramp, right? Yeah. I get your point. You know what? Forget it. Instead of Migratory Route, we're going to put Cloud Blazer yeah, Cloud on the Blazer cutting board again. again. Uh, the Migratory Route, I've never cast it. I've only ever cycled it. So, oh, okay. that, so again, there's another bunch. There's a bunch of other things that already do that kind of land cycling. So it, it may very well be redundant. Um, copy Enchantment would be pretty sweet. So, so what's your next one? My last one is Cutting Plea for Guidance. Okay. Which is a sorcery that for six mana, you search a library for up to two enchantment cards, reveal them, and put them into your hand, then shuffle your library. I I have drawn this card before and gotten pissed because <laughs> I don't want to I already have out all my engine, okay. right? You have to cast it again. I'd rather just attack with Zur and get it straight to the battlefield, sure. right? Even if you have to pay six to cast Zur for a second time. So what I what we talked about this real briefly of what this what I don't have a lot of is ways to get things that aren't cycling back out of my graveyard, right? Okay. So the card I chose is a card that's pretty old and also kind of expensive. It's Replenish. Okay. So three colorless and a white. This is on the reserved list for a sorcery uh, from Urza's Destiny. Okay. Return all oh. enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Sure. So, all right, well, you blew up three things. I'm just going to get them right back. That's and pretty then, good. Even if you have copy enchantment, you're like, all right, well, you have something that's even better. Yeah. So thank you for destroying this, and now <laughs> I'll just take it back. It's uh, the OG one's 48 bucks. The world champion one, the which is technically illegal, is 29 so it's not brutally expensive, wow. and it's on the reserve list. So when, when you're looking at the price, it's kind of crazy. Right when M19 came out, it spiked to almost $100. Really? Yeah. This thing <clears> was <throat> 20, for right? This thing was 20 bucks two years ago. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I always thought it was way more than that. Yeah. So there's so many good enchantments that really that you really need the deck to work, right? Sure. So that's a hypothetically some way. You play your Faith of the Devoted, that gets blasted. You play your Drake Haven, that gets blasted. You play your New Perspectives, yeah. that gets blasted. They blast, like, you just get ganged up on. Sure. This is just an easy way to get them all back and completely reset your board. Okay, I'm on, so, I'm on board with it. And like I said, Plea for Guidance, I've had that in a couple decks and it's always just kind of left, it's so expensive. Yeah. 
So anyways, what was your personal recommendation? So my personal recommendation is to cut, and I will say only cut this because it only happens once, unless you just so happen to get it back to your hand. Esper Sojourners. Mm-hmm. It costs Esper, white, blue, black. When you cycle it or it's put into the graveyard from play, you may tap or untap target permanent, cycling for two and a blue. It's a one-shot untap something. Right, it's not yeah. something that can be repeated to where, like you were saying, oh, maybe if I can untap, untap, and, and do this multiple times, I can cycle through, and maybe that approach of the second right. sun will actually work for and, once. And it's not even, It's to your point, it's not even leaves the battlefield. It's put into a graveyard, so you can't even astral slide it and get your value out of that, too. And it's an artifact as well as a creature, so it's easier to, it's double easy to get remove of. So, here's the one that I think I'm going to recommend to you, and it's funny because Big Tuck, a couple podcasts ago, said the probably the only deck he's interested in getting at a C19 is the Madness deck, and I believe this card's in the Madness deck. And it's funny when it got for some reason when it got spoiled, it was at twenty bucks. Now it's down to three fifty. What solemn? Bone Miser. Oh. So four colorless black, creature zombie wizard, four four. Oh yeah, yeah. Whenever yeah. you discard a creature card, create a two two black zombie creature token. Whenever you discard a land card, add two black. Whenever you discard a non-creature non-land, draw a card. So potentially yeah. you, you cycle a creature, I'm gonna get a creature, and right. draw a card. I cycle a land, even if it's basic land cycling, I'm going to get two black mana to my mana pool. So if I was kind of hurting for mana and I'm Mm -hmm. digging for that land, well, now I just got a couple free mana. And then lastly, you cycle something else that is not a creature or a land. You draw two cards. You're going to get it off the cycle trigger and you're going to get it off Bone Miser's trigger. That's awesome. That's That's a slam dunk right there. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it because I think you're going to get so much joy having him out and having your free cycling and just being like, oh, draw two, draw two, draw two, draw two. The the card that that's based off of the bone misers is actually in waste knot right yep. and that's but that's only your opponents correct so I love waste knot it's because it just gives you so, yeah, it gives you so much value you, if you could waste knot and then wheel you're catapulting yourself and I initially ahead. thought of waste knot but in looking at it an opponent and I was looking at the deck and I was like well you I don't, don't really play don't a whole really, lot of discard, discard opponent stuff. stuff but this is just a way that you get the value and it doesn't even have to be right. an effect that you do because if you're playing a Nekazar deck and they're making you wheel well. Please make yeah. me wheel, works and I'm going to get seven different me. triggers off of this. Yeah, so. and no, it's awesome. Um, this will the thing that's great about cycling, like you said, it's it's on all types. So yep. you really would have a good chance of being. I need this two mana to pay into this faith of devoted. Now wait a minute. So could you do it where? Oh, he's going in the tank. People, hold on. You cycle a land. Yep. This gives you two black. Yep. You put that on the stack. And then use that two black to pay for the Faith of the Devoted trigger or the Drakehaven trigger. Yeah, I would think so. Does it so. work that way? So, because this says discard, and then you and you look at a Drakehaven, it says cycle or discard, you may pay one. So actually, no, because I that's a cost. So it's when you cycle, you have to pay one. It would kind right, of set, right, think, yeah, think of yeah. it as if you had like an Ashnod's Altar, and you're trying to sack a creature to pay for another for thing's its, cost. Yeah. So you wouldn't be able to do that. But I think once you do your first one, then you're set up. For then the next you're set ones. up yeah, yeah. moving forward. Well, and again, if you get like we talked about, if we if you have your new perspectives out, you just cycle the first one for free. Yep. And then every single land that you can remove, black, black, sa- black, sa- black, same, black, same black. thing with uh, trade routes too. That ter- that turns trade routes also. Oh, he's getting excited. Yeah. People. No, that's awesome. I, yeah. I, I actually ordered pre-ordered the madness deck. 
So I'll that'll be just, coming out I'll, and going I'll, in yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so no, awesome. Those are really good suggestions. Awesome Mr. combo. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, man. But I think that that about does that, it. I think right? that does yeah. the bottle capping for us, guys. Yeah, caps it up. So our last little topic that we want to talk about going on in the world of magic isn't something that's relatively new to the world of magic. It's just something that I'm going to be going to, and I think it's just good to give a little few tips and tricks yep. when going to your magic fest. So I'm going to be going to Magic Fest Vegas. Big Tech and I did Magic Fest Kansas City. And I went a to. Couple months I ago. went to. I think it was. It might not. It was the same thing. It was a Grand Prix or something in Denver. But okay. It was the same idea, right? Yeah. Like you go there, play a bunch. And so basically what we do, thought we'd give you a few tips and tricks. And so what I wanted to start off with is, hey, if you're going to go, the one of the big allures of going to a Magic Fest is having all these different stores there yeah. wanting to offload a bunch of their stuff and they want to get your stuff. So that way they could take it home or trade it or sell it while they're there at the convention. So how do you actually bring your cards and how do you sort and organize that? Because I'll tell you, I did that for Magic Fest Kansas City. I was extremely overwhelmed. I yeah. thought I had a plan and it really just kind of crumbled by the wayside and honestly, doing the math i think i overpaid for my aber dual lands but hey oh, that's just the way it goes but here's my recommendation i would recommend you take an afternoon get the tcg player app it's not the best i'll be honest yeah. get your white sheet of paper scan each of your cards into a specific folder that says trades go ahead and set it to tcg mid tcg yep. low marketplace trade in whatever you want to set it at at the price you're trying to gauge and then that way you have it all categorized right there because one of the things that will happen is you'll get there and because i mean these guys are in it to make a little money if they yeah. can they're going to be like oh well we need to like do this and that and it's like okay that's fine but i've already scanned here's what market's right. going for i'm willing to go 20 percent less than tcg low or 30 percent less and, and get some credit and then also create another folder to where it's all the things you're looking for. Right. What, yeah. what am I actually that's, wanting that's to get key, from you? That's key. That is it, huge. Because if you go there, the, the Denver one, I just panicked and I bought. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there was so much. And especially, you know, there's for me, for the, the cheaper budget stuff, there's a lot of places that have heavily played or. They that's what always throws me too. Yeah. And, and like just sitting there and just looking through these binders, you think and be like. Oh, yeah, I heard about this card from two years ago, and I think I was wanting to put it in a deck, and that happened, and I ended up walking out with 20 cards, and I think of them, <laughs> five I actually wanted to use, yep. right? So having a clear idea of what you're going to do, and then the only thing I would also add is once you figure out, I think the best way to get the best bang for your buck is finding cards that are worth $10, $15, $20, and putting those, somehow separating those however yep. you want, so that you know that... You're there. They're not just going to go through them and put them in the rare junk sure. junk. You're like, no, I know that's $10. It's not a rare. Then you can just walk or do whatever with yep, them. So. Absolutely. And kind of the way that I'm doing my organization for this go around is I have my trade folder. I have my generic looking for, which those are Aber Duels, Shocks, any of the check lands, the <clears throat> battle bond lands, yeah. because you know what? I see what the market price is. And if I just see an amazing deal where, you know, if someone's going to give me 30% off of something, I'm all for value because magic can be very expensive. Yes. So if, if I can go get a, Especially like the deck we're talking about next time. Yeah. So. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if I can get an underground C for like, 150 bucks sure i'm gonna pick that up right. but if you don't just have all the cards and prices memorized you're gonna get confuddled and or, not sure or be able to, to access them and like doing it ahead of time and saving it save so much time because you know what you don't go to magic fest to haggle you go to magic fest to play magic right but totally. this is just an added benefit so that would be my first recommendation second one i suffered through so much i will not be wearing pants in vegas wear some breathable clothes told you it can get hot up yeah. in there up in there up in there uh and nothing's worse than 
than having sweaty everything halfway through yeah. and feeling extremely uncomfortable. Uh, and on on top of that, what I was going to say is bring a big water bottle. Oh, because it's, it's packed with people in there. It's inside. It's always like you're for me when I was in there, I was parched the entire time. Yep. Like I felt like I was super thirsty and I brought a water bottle, but I didn't bring a big one. And then that way you also had to get up between rounds or whatever, yep. go all the way out to the water. Fountain I'm, I'm literally out. bringing one of those cooling towels that you just soak in water yeah. and rinse it out. And I'm just going to have one of those with me just because I need to wipe down every so yeah, often. It's, so. It gets really hot in there. So that's that, I think that's a really good one. But yeah, yeah keep hydrated. Keep your water bottle on you. Everyone will be happy for you. Absolutely. Next one, I would say, and this one, I think Big Tech will probably disagree with me a little bit because I am the tchotchke whore. I love buying random things oh, yeah. all over the place. I hate that. <laughs> uh, either have extra room in your backpack or duffel that you're bringing your decks in or bring like just an empty drawstring bag or like, see, I have one of those pirate lab so, like, throw, like, satchels a, a and bring, like, a small, bring a small yeah. backpack in case you decide you want to get like extra tokens or maybe like at Vegas, someone's going to have the C-19 commander decks on sale and you want to buy a couple of them right. for either friends back home or for yourself, t-shirts, coasters, whatever it is. You don't want to start going around window shopping and then you start getting stuff. And then, and then when you, you go, go to back to, to your hotel or your car or whatever, and then that's, take, a, that's yeah. taking time away from playing. But then the biggest thing is like, okay, well, you know, potentially at like Vegas, I don't think it's going to be realistic to go back to a car or hotel or I'd have to cut out hours of my playing time. So when you go and play these things, you are shoulder to shoulder with people. It is packed all day. And you literally have just enough room for your car box deck, whatever you have holding your stuff to go in between your legs. And that's it. You don't want to be that guy that has all this extra stuff. Yeah. And having to put on 16 bags. Yeah. Yeah. It's super annoying. And along those lines, I would also recommend if you're trying to be, if you are a little more budget friendly or conscious, setting a budget and knowing that I'm only going to spend $30 on extra stuff that I'm not needing. You know, I have $50 with the cards that I'm looking for. I'm going to stick to that. Because uh, it, it really, can be very easy. It's really easy to be like, that's a pretty cool t-shirt, or that's a pretty cool poster, <laughs> or these tokens are really sweet, or I yep. can always use another fetch land for $10, you yep. know? So it, it, whatever your budget is, if you if you are, if this is a big event for you and you're just going to say, I'm going to go spend $300, but if you if you go to these a lot, or if you, for me, you know, I'm not trying to buy a bunch of new decks, yep. really, but there are specific cards I'm looking for, so... And you know what? Uh, One of the easiest ways to do that is either A... Literally, just bring cash yes. for oh, what yeah, you yeah. want. Or if you're not, a, I'm not a very big cash person. I'm actually considering for Vegas just getting one of like those prepaid debit cards, oh, loading like a yeah. hundred bucks on there. And hey, and just, when I spend like, it, I spend it. I'm that's done. It. That's a great yeah. idea. So I, I think that's a great way to stay within your budget. I had one for you that I was one that I wanted to hear your thing on. Okay, so. If you go and play Commander at these, you usually get enough tickets for a box or some assorted things. Sure. I feel like I made a huge error by... (laughs) Getting the box? No, by not getting the box. The opposite. By getting the Modern Masters or whatever it was. The Ultimate Masters packs. Because mine were garbage. So (laughs) I I felt, and especially with War of the Spark, because there's so many Planeswalkers that are so fun and so good and you're guaranteed them. Uh, My suggestion would be if there's a box of a set that you like, or that you think that's going to have a lot of value in it, go for the box because you have a better chance of opening value than just some random packs from one of the more expensive ones. That's That's fair. That's how I feel. And I know you've opened packs as well. I think I did Ultimate Masters and War of the Spark. I think I came out all right. I mean, granted, I think I came out even to the actual money I paid into the event. But if I had actually bought the packs, I would have lost money. So it's interesting because actually for Vegas, I was not planning on doing the Commander Fanatic package. I was just going to do the Command Zone package, which gives you access to four days. It's a dedicated Commander area with all the content creators. And you get, I think, four on-demand events. So it's like 200 ticks is what you get. So so that would be like four or five packs, maybe. No, I think it's like... 
Yeah, like maybe six or seven well, packs. Something yeah. a little higher than that. I can't remember how much the packs. Because the Ultimate Masters packs were... 25 or 30? No, more than that. Because Okay. Well... I don't remember. I, I can't remember. But you're, but you're saying this one, you're so, not you're, you're, not, you're not doing it for the ticks. Okay. Now, though, I saw on Reddit someone did the math where if you do the Commander Fanatic and the Command Zone Pass, which I'd already done, and they were offering a $25 discount, total, as long as you go into the events for the Commander ones, you really don't play for ticks, so everyone comes out with 50 Yeah, okay. And, oh, that's a, that was another suggestion. If someone asks you to play for ticks, tell them to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless you know that you have a super competitive, super consistent Absolutely. deck, because I did that for the, my first game, and I could have blown these guys out of my out of the water with Prosh, and I drew three lands the entire game. Yep, and I got I got steamrolled by a precon that had two swaps in it. <laughs> so I, I like always um, unless you're super competitive always yeah. try to push people to to split the ticks absolutely and so, so what anyways, was sorry, that, that, sorry guy, yeah no it's fine this guy on reddit he basically did the math and if you do both of those things you come out with 950 ticks wow yeah okay. which i believe from our experience that's at least two booster boxes yeah yeah and that's so. adding in the foiling lightning bolt promo mm-hmm. the i think the commander one i get the foil soul ring promo yeah, yeah. i'm probably going to come out with like $400 to $500 worth of value for the 200 that I paid, I think. Right, yeah, that's yeah. about what the price is. So I was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it. Thursday, Friday, I'm going to bang out all the okay. scheduled <laughs> events, all the on-demand stuff. And then Saturday, Sunday morning, I'll just spend hanging out with the guys from EDH Rec and Goldfish and all of that. And And, who? and, 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 and uh, Josh. So, uh, you know, that, that's, yeah. that, that's one of my recommendations. I got two more, uh, and then we'll wrap this up. Yeah. One thing that I've listened to a lot of different content creators and they always recommend to bring a snack or something to munch on because food can be expensive there. I'm actually going to say, fuck that, no. And I thought you did a great thing. So Big Tuck, when we were there and it was time for lunch, he was like, guys, let's get the hell out of here. Let's go get some fresh air. Let's get out of this room that literally smells like sweat and just terrible decisions. And so... I, th- I would encourage you, use your lunch break to get out of there. Your dinner break, yeah. your breakfast I felt, break. It felt good. and You, you get rejuvenated. Yeah. And here's a big thing. Let's be honest. Sometimes, you know, you don't have a group to go there with. Uh, you, you could potentially go into a Magic Fest just by yourself yep. because, you know, you don't have friends that play Magic. And one of the great things that I think, and this will kind of go right segue into my next one, but I want to get your thoughts first, is you could meet a new friend there. Yeah. And it, the lunch could literally be the time. Instead of you guys sitting in the corner eating some cashews, yeah. get out of there. Or just like go, a, sli- a shitty slice of pizza. Yeah, go, go get some Chipotle. It doesn't yep. have to be anything expensive. I'm not saying <laughs> Which is go- funny. That's what I did in Denver, too, when I went oh, by yeah? myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's a way that you can go potentially have an opportunity to to talk to someone new, you guys get out of there, talk about non-magic things. I think the great thing about Commander specifically is it really is a fun format where you get to know new people. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think that it's really easy just to sit in there and lose track of time, and then you look up and you realize that you've been in the tank for four hours or whatever. And for me, I noticed this. uh, Our good friend Tice also said this, that when I think that much, I am starving, and I didn't even realize it. And being able to go and just inhale some big food, get out of there, get some fresh breath, get a soda, um, not think about it for a minute, yep. I think it's definitely a great a great way to go. Yeah, and then my last one, honestly, is go in there with a good attitude. Yeah. Uh, look, you can walk in there wanting to take no prisoners, wanting to get as many ticks as you can when you're not playing the main event. Look, I get it. Each of these things, there's a main event. It's modern. It's limited. It's standard. It's a mixture. Whatever, whatever it is. It is yeah. And you know what? Those things are cutthroat, and you're trying to win because potentially you're doing this as like a side thing to make right. a living. But when you're there for Commander, you should not be going in there looking to take no prisoners. But, hey. 
hey, if you want to do that, that's great. And usually there are spots there that you can go play CEDH, and that's fantastic. But for the most part, I want to go in there, meet new people, have a freaking blast. And one of the things correlating into that get out and meet new friends is Big Tuck and I actually ended up getting paired with a few of the same people over two days at Magic Fest KC. And if we had gone into the initial games with them being cutthroat and just trying to win, which we both have decks that can do. Right. It would have been uncomfortable to see them in the next ones because it'd been like, oh, it's this asshole again. Yeah, I don't really want to play with them. You know, I might as well just scoop. He's and just it, gonna combo off, and, and it's just not gonna be fun. And, it, and I think to that point, I think you can get a reading on some people. You know, like there's that one guy. I think his name was Easton. Yeah, that every deck he played was super hyper combo and super hyper competitive. Sure. So you can't choose who you get matched with at random, right? Absolutely. So I think I would suggest bringing a pretty a wide range. range. Yeah, yeah, like. Bring one of your really good ones. You're going to be playing a lot. Yep. So I brought a deck that I don't really like to play. And I felt like I kind of wasted time doing it because it's like, I, I don't really like this that much. It's just one of the colors that I have. Yeah. So yeah, I wish I, I, would, I wish I would have brought, I wish I would have been like, I'm going to bring my one or two really strong ones. And then ones that I actually think are fun sure. are unique. Have a kind of different way about them. You yeah, know? like I won't bring my zombie deck, even though like this last Sunday Joe played it and he was just like, yeah, I just swing with like 58 zombies right. with Menace. And it was just like, oh, all right. So you won? Right. And he was like, yeah. And it's so, like, I and have you, decks, and Well, you don't like that deck either. Right? I don't like yeah. it. And so I won't bring it, even though it's good and right. it's a good zombie yeah, yeah. for a zombie deck. I'm not going to bring it and play with it. I'm going to bring the stuff right. that's fun. I'm probably going to bring my, you know, Transformers in Disguise deck because, ah, that's just hilarious. Yeah. You know, it makes Mono White kind of funny. Well, and, so, I, and, yeah. and to that point, one thing where I played my Mystics deck mm-hmm. and I took 16 turns in a row or something and I was I was just sitting there like apologizing. I mean, saying like, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I don't I can't do this any more efficiently. I mean, like I how I do with Paradox Engine used to be like, yeah. oh, sorry, guys. I'm just going to untap. Again. Yeah, I'm right. So it's like, I think, and again, don't bring a stacks deck. Bring a deck that has a way to win. If you're going to play something that's competitive, or just like, no, that's not going to be super competitive, that you're just out there having fun. Like, I wish I played ninjas the entire time. Oh, sure. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, anyways. So, anyway, guys, that's all yeah. of our kind of, you know, here's what you should look at for Magic Fest. I hope that was helpful. And honestly, the biggest thing that hindered me. And Big Tuck never could have told me this because he doesn't do this. As I should have gone there with an extra backpack. I probably ran out to my car yeah, to drop off stuff three or four times the first day because you know I go check in and they gave me the three play mats that I just got with my packages and it's just like I don't yeah. have enough arms to carry this. So I would also recommend if you're going by yourself, which I I went by myself in Denver and had a horrible time. Yeah. Um. And if you are going by yourself, buy the commander package. So at least that way you don't, it bridges that awkward of, hey, can I, can I come play with you guys yep. here? Gives you ways to meet new people there too. And a great thing to do if you're going to any Magic Fest across the country or really the world and you're going alone, if you're not a social media person, just create a Twitter account. You don't have to do anything. Find content creators, because I know a lot of these guys, like the guys over at CMDR Central, th- I think they go to five or six Magic Fests a year. They'll okay, drive, yeah. they'll, you know, they drove from Wisconsin down to KC. They're going to Vegas. I think they did Minneapolis. I'm still not going to get a Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I think that's a great way, because a lot of these guys, including me and Big Tuck, we're more than happy to play with anyone that yeah. listens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we want to meet new people. We want to talk to our followers. Uh, all 60 listens that we yeah. have on episode one. Hey! Hey! So, uh, anyway, guys, thanks for making it until the end. And as promised, some details about our giveaway. We are giving away a foil prismatic vista from Modern Horizons. Ooh, ah, Ooh it's shiny. Shiny. 
So to enter is very simple. Just send us your firstborn EDH deck. Just kidding. All you need to do is help promote the podcast and the site. You'll get an entry for each one you do. For example, just liking, sharing, reposting, tweeting the episodes that are debuting this month in September. Also, you can follow our Twitter accounts, like our Facebook page, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. We will announce the winner via social media on October 6th. And yes, I know what you're thinking. We will be doing a giveaway each month. Right now, we're doing this foil prismatic vista but honestly it could just be some jank personal thing that me and big tuck put together for you and i think big tuck we're going to be sending a autograph photo there will be with- a there will be a photo of the two of us we're not confirming if it's going to be <laughs> recent taken in the studio but it will have both of our faces and signatures on it. There we Guaranteed. go. And we can't guarantee that the location will be real or not. Really, oh, there's also, nothing. Also true. Yes, there's that's nothing true. we can guarantee about this photo other than we will be in it. We will be in it somehow, yeah. and it will be signed. <laughs> but anyway, guys. Please give us feedback on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, whatever you really listen to. If we totally slug, please let the roasting begin. But if you enjoyed it, feel free to leave some positive feedback or whatever star review makes other people want to listen to us as well. And if you'd like to reach us to us and also find out other ways to enter the contest and be able to do all those things, here's how you can really do that. You can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter. You can reach me personally at Mr. Combo number five on Twitter and Big Tuck. How can they reach you? You can't. Oh, this is poor crap. <laughs> Everyone, hashtag Big Tuck on Twitter. We're getting this jerk off on there. And then that way you guys can harass him left this and right. one more password to remember. Oh, what? <laughs> I don't even know my passwords. Apple does it for oh, me. Yeah. And plus, that's the only way we're ever going to get our command clash two-headed giant battle against Josh and Jimmy. Because we're going to take it to them yeah. with some probably very shitty decks. So let's 100%. just be honest. So... You can also go to our website, www.cmdtower.com. Big Tuck actually manages the site, does the different posts, and that way the cards that we talk about in the grains hop in yeast. You can go highlight. You don't have to do all the research yep. yourself. We have it all built it's in good. on it's there It's a very for good you. companion to have open when you're listening to it. If Absolutely. You're at work or whatever. We have an embedded player, so you can listen and look yep. at the cards at the same time. It's very, very nice. You can also find us on Facebook at CMD Tower. But hey, if you want to engage our awesome production team for your own future projects, Squee, how are they going to do that? Oh, you can follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Rich Chaos Records or hit me up at richchaosrecords.com. Sweet awesome. banana hammock. So they do music, they do podcasts, and they got a full studio if you are here in the Kansas City metro area. And of course, I want to give a big thank you to Pink Royal for the music provided in this episode. Big Tuck, you got anything else before we close this out? No, I'm surprised I made it, to be honest. So <laughs> probably got to go home and go right to bed. Hey, hey, you know what? I'm just going to go home. That, bo- so. that bone miser cut. Oh. <laughs> Pumped. Well, anyway, guys, talk to you later. See ya.